0: Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to episode four of Rooting for Laundry. I'm your host, Johnny McDonald. Um, hope you're having a good day. Um, it's, it's Monday, uh, March, 20, March oh God, April 27th. You forget what day it is. But um, today's team we're covering is the Chicago Bulls. If you have Unless you've been living under a rock, the Chicago Bulls have been covered uh, with their documentary on ESPN, The Last Dance. It's probably um, with no sports that's like the only thing to watch. So um, we episode three and four aired last night, and it's been it's been awesome. I as a Knicks fan, I hate watching these things, but you know it's it's good. You got to respect the greatness of. Um, those Bulls teams, there's there's no denying that, you know, with those with that team, you're not. The Knicks weren't going to beat him. So um, the Bulls documentary has been fun and it's been um, a great watch to get us by through these uh, tough times and stuff. And it's hard to find a Bulls fan nowadays because after. 98 after the last dance um, basically they all dried up unless you lived in Chicago or you were a fan you know you were always a Bulls fan so um, my guest is a diehard Bulls fan he is from Chicago Um, he's a funny comedian actor give it up for Adam Mamawala how you doing bro
1: what up man Uh, all right man
0: first of all I know you've been having fun watching these documentaries they bring back good memories don't they Dude, it's the best. I mean,
1: uh, it, it like it's the first thing in a long time that I've actively looked forward to watching at the exact moment that
0: it's on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because like, yeah. with everything, we DVR everything, or we can stream it at our own leisure. But now we have, we can watch, like, like yo, know, I'm I'm getting dressed up. I'm watching because we can't go anywhere. So it is. Every sports fan, you know, yeah. not just basketball, every sports fan is, is watching this because it's it's all we have, basically.
1: <laughs> exactly, and it's cool because, like, to your point, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Bulls guy, and I'm sure probably, like, for the first episode, I would have maybe, like, not done a show that night and, like, hung inside to watch it. But, like, yeah. I probably wouldn't have just, like, been inside at that exact time for five straight Sundays, whenever they were going to air it. <laughs> but, like, to know, because I'm getting texts nonstop as this thing is airing because everybody knows. I'm oh, watching. absolutely. It feels like watching sports in the sense that, like, people know how big of a fan I am they know that I'm watching it when it's happening and like I'm getting texts from people I haven't talked to since high school like yo I can't believe Jerry Krauss was such an asshole or like what you know
0: <laughs> yeah so like yeah so you're born and raised in Chicago
1: yeah I was born in Aurora Illinois uh setting of Wayne's World
0: uh oh, okay. <laughs> 30- yeah I was like that sounds familiar yes. it's, a it's like 30 40 minutes outside Chicago yeah, it's like most cities. You have the like, you know, they're like because Chicago's not like um, it's not like New York where we have the five boroughs. Like every borough in New York is like you know a size of a regular city anywhere else. Right. Well, Chicago, I mean, I've I've been there twice, and and, 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 it's, it's, and it's really great. It is it is a great city during the so like you know I never went during the winter because like I can I can't imagine the yeah Chicago you
1: know? Chicago during basketball season is not as good. Uh, in terms, yeah, as, but Chicago in the summer is probably the best summer city in the world yeah it is
0: is really nice so you root for all Chicago teams correct
1: yeah so Bulls I at this point in my life I'm probably a bigger Cubs fan than I am anything else um yeah Bulls Cubs have you seen them win like four years ago and that's when (laughs) exactly yeah so so Bulls Cubs and Bears I don't I don't really follow hockey which is unfortunate because the Blackhawks have had a great path yeah
0: but when they win you're like all right yeah Good for us. Good for
1: the yeah. Team. I mean, like you know, all things being equal, if they're in the Stanley Cup, of course I would rather they win than whoever they're playing. But I don't follow it. Yeah, it's not like all
0: right, whatever. It's it's there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. So um, you know what's funny? It's like with baseball with the Cubs, like and mm-hmm. and like the Cubs and the White Sox. You have two baseball teams. But like out here in New York, you know, it's like I'm a Mets fan. Unfortunately, so um, Mets and. Mets and Yankees, like I would say the percentage of fans that were like, I would say it's like maybe 65, 70, 30 Yankees. Yeah. But with the Cubs and White Sox, it's like what 95 to 5%? It's just it's just weird. It certainly
1: feels that way. I mean, even when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005, it was almost like nobody cared. And the
0: crazy thing, nobody remembers that. <laughs>
1: yeah, their, their drought was only one year less than the Red Sox. And it wasn't even like covered that much in the media.
0: Yeah, like the only White Sox fan, you know is Obama. So if he wasn't the president, nobody would know. Pretty <laughs> much about yeah. the White Sox. And it's, it's yeah. Like it's,
1: it's, Obama it's, and like rappers who didn't actually like the team but like to wear the White Sox.
0: <laughs> yeah, easy e. <laughs> in
1: the but a G thing video is where yeah. yeah, Dr. Yeah, I
0: remember when they changed the uniform. I think it would they changed in what like um 91, 92 and when, when they moved. Mm-hmm. to the new i guess comiskey park they 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 redid the the white side white Sox hats were like yeah it were dope man that was a yeah. cool fashion statement but it, it's just weird because i went to chicago um 2018 mm-hmm. so um summer 2018 i caught um the mets happened to be out there so i caught the mets and the cubs um and and the city just i mean they, they you know they won the world series like two years prior so like you know Cubs are on fire, but like, yeah, like White Sox, I just like, I mean, I, I get, I guess because the White Sox maybe are in like a, a worse neighborhood. I I don't get the, <laughs> well you know, basically, why, but,
1: I mean, think of how you feel as a Mets fan. Cause I think most Mets fans, like you feel like the kind of forgotten younger brother of, of Yankees fans picture that, but multiply it by like 10, like White Sox yeah. fans feel completely overlooked. They, they hate the Cubs and they hate Cubs fans and they, their attitude is like, you know, everybody at Wrigley is like a drunk frat boy. Nobody actually yeah. about the Yeah. It, it is completely ridiculous, but
0: Yeah, it is a weird feeling cuz like every time like I have been to Wrigley like twice, with the two times I visit there and it is like it's a party. It's like, you know, some people aren't even yeah. there for the game. You know what I'm saying? They're there to hang out. I sat in the bleachers the first time. And that was maybe Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll grant, I'll grant you that. But even then, like, even if you sit in the bleachers and people are getting loaded, they still know about the team, most of them. True.
0: I, I saw maybe like, I think two fights. I saw two fights. <laughs> so it's like it yeah. seems common over there. So I was like, all right, that's cool. I was just an observer because they played Houston, and when I happened to be out there, I was like, you know what? Let me let me just check out a game and you know <laughs> observe and yeah, it was wild. <laughs> yeah, it was very wild. But um, yeah, it's it it, it yeah that, that was always weird to me. So um, when was your first memories of becoming a Bullsman? So it was kind of funny because
1: it, it essentially coincided with Jordan's first retirement. Like my interest in the Bulls and in basketball really started developing. Um, it was the first game I remember watching was the John Paxson game winner in game six of the 90s. Yeah. Like I remember. it. The Phoenix, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm born in 87. So I'm six years old at the time. Um, my parents weren't really into sports. Like my dad is from India, so he didn't really grow up watching sports. My mom grew up in Wisconsin, so she was a big like Brewers fan, but she didn't really care about basketball. Yeah, yeah. It was getting to the time where like, if you live in the Chicago area, everybody was talking about the bull. Like it was not, yeah. you couldn't avoid it. So I remember that game being on, and like I said, around that time is when I started getting into playing basketball myself.
0: So real quick, your influences weren't like with you because my influences were like either from a family member or parents. Your influence, I guess, was like around, I guess, your friends or whatever was going on in I the think area. It was more than
1: that, I think it was yeah, like all the kids that that were at my elementary school. Like everybody was all, like all. Yeah. The time, so and it makes sense because they were yeah. larger than life.
0: You know what i'm
1: saying yeah i mean when i think about that like the the fact that i got to live in illinois during that time i feel so lucky that i had the chance to do that that and, is true yeah right. <laughs> um but yeah so i i got completely i went from like not really knowing anything about basketball to being completely obsessed with it and and i remember i would bug my parents to go to the like our library and get me every vhs tape of jordan highlights basketball highlight, so it's weird like watching the 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 last dance now it's occurred to me that I only really got to watch three and a half years of Jordan's career not including the wizard's years yeah. and, yet, <laughs> and I know all of this stuff. Like I, I can't tell you how many times because I'm I'm with my parents in New Jersey for the moment like I'm watching with them and I'm telling them things before they happen <laughs> and then they're like how do you know all this so I'm like <laughs> I, through all the videos and just reading I got every Michael Jordan book, everything that had ever come out. So I don't know if you watched any of those, but it was like probably oh, not, man. Like you know, Michael Jordan's playground and like all. Yeah, of- I remember. I, <laughs> I
0: believe, I, or oh, I can fly. Um, that was it. I can fly, or something like that.
1: Exactly. Yeah, all of all of yeah. those. And so my knowledge of him was really kind of in retrospect. Like I didn't, I wasn't old enough to appreciate those first three championships. Yeah. And I followed them very closely that year, ninety three, ninety four. That um, that Jordan was was gone the whole year, and obviously the, the Knicks ended up beating the Bulls that year. But Pippen played his ass off. I mean, coach yeah. on that year. The Bulls were actually a pretty pretty impressive team to, for having lost the best player in the world.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what I was yeah alluding to because Jordan, like you get in and Jordan's out. So how do you feel about Jordan when he when he announced his retirement in October of October well, 6, 93? I think,
1: I think At that time, it didn't even mean anything to me because I was just starting to get into basketball. But yeah. then, when I remember vividly when you started hearing the rumblings of like, oh, he might, he might come back, and I still they they showed the clip a number of times, but I remember watching that game live where Pippin, you see Pippin on the bench and he points to the bottom of his shoe and there's the little jo- uh, Jordan logo <laughs> he points at the logo and then goes like this <laughs> that was yeah, like I mean, of, it was like March of '95 that he came back. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, sure. I remember that like that watching that game uh where he comes back against the Pacers I, I think
0: I still remember the anticipation of- I, I'm going to hold you right there cuz I was going to get to that so I was just going to go through a timeline of what Here. happened yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh Jordan retires 3 months after his father's death uh tragic um incident um he gets shot on the freeway while he's taking a nap in his car two guys um carjack him and and he died yeah unfortunately he died so that that's that's a weird one. So, like, after, after that, yeah, Jordan rounds his time. And I guess after all that going on, he's probably like, all right, yeah, I, I can't, you know. So he retires. So during that offseason, let's talk about that, like, that offseason, I guess, 93. Like, Bulls' um, son, um, Tony Kukoc, uh, well, well, they had Tony the rights for Tony Kukoc for, like, the last three years. But Kukoc was known as the Jordan of Europe. Like, he was a big – like, have you ever – um? Like when you first heard of Ku coach, did you know like, you know, how good or like, that was probably too young for you to.
1: I was a little too young to have been like, you know, looking into articles about him or whatever. Plus like yeah. this not the era where like, we could all just look that up on our phone. That's true.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like it's funny, younger people know everything.
1: <laughs> Cause they can look things up. Well, Right. And that's, I mean, so much of that has, has occurred to me watching the last dance where it's like, for as huge of a Bulls fan as I was, I had no idea about any of the stuff involving like Scottie Pippen or Jerry Krause or any of that, which yeah. I'm going to get through. But like, um, yeah. So as far as Kukoc is concerned, the main thing that I remember about him was that a lot of people thought that he wasn't going to be anything here. Like I think this was the era where people still thought like European players were soft. And even if they were great in Europe, they weren't going to really do that much here. Um, and there was a lot of stuff involved with, I feel like there was some like Jordan and Kukoc stuff that happened or, or maybe like he didn't want to play in Jordan's shadow or, or I feel like there was something to the fact that he didn't play initially with Jordan even though the Bulls had
0: Yeah, Jordan like he came after Jordan but he did right. want to play with Jordan. He, he didn't he didn't mind it. But um like all right, the season starts, oh um Scotty Pippen who I thought was going to like emerge as like this now mm-hmm. it's the test of like, you know, Jordan's gone, let's see how good Scotty Pippen really is without Mike and yeah. he kind of he kind of proved it that year. They won 55 games. That year. Yeah. You look at his, you look at their record that year, he was he was unbelievable. Yeah, they end up getting the third seed in the playoffs. They win 55 games. That's a, that's a good team because they had also had Steve Kerr, they had Ron Harper. Yeah. So they, it's the like the small buildings of the um will lead yeah, into and
1: like, and the beginning of the transition into the right where they, they no longer have I think Cartwright was gone by then I think Horace Grant was gone by then yeah uh,
0: Hor- Horace Grant signed with the Bulls um not with the Bulls with the Magic that after that 94 season because that team was good because I was going to get to the all-star game Pippen ended up winning MVP at that all-star game um but voted in was DJ Armstrong <laughs> yeah and Horace Grant uh played his first, they both played their first all-star game. I remember a lot of fans, like I grew up as a Knicks fan, there was a lot of Bulls fans because there was a lot of Jordan fans. Mm-hmm. So BJ Armstrong was one of those uh everybody's favorite player at one point because he like he looked like you know, he looked like eight years old. He's still there. You know? it's amazing. They showed sure <laughs> up. Yeah, he's just great. He's like the yeah. Gary Coleman of uh, yeah, just yeah, just baby fit. But they they play in their first all-star game. So that was a big deal, and I remember the rest of the year. Uh, Pete Myers started at two guard, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So that was uh, Jordan's replacement. Pete,
1: <laughs> Pete Myers has worked for the Bulls like his entire life, as has Randy Brown. And uh, I met Pete Myers at a game, and he was—he okay. was surprised that I knew who he was. Like it was that kind of. Thing. <laughs> I was like, Mister Myers, can I have your autograph? And he was like, taken aback that anybody would even ask him for that. He's
0: like, you're the guy that replaced Michael Jordan. It's insane.
1: Yeah. you know, I'm like, listen, man, you. If you're Dickie Simpkins, I'm gonna ask you for an autograph. I know everybody.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like I said, the third seed, that 98 90, they sweep Cleveland in the first round. Then mm-hmm. they played the Knicks. This was um the Knicks ended up going to the finals that year, but it yeah. was um controversial. There was a of controversial games in that ninety-four playoff year. Um, I don't know if you remember Game Three, um, <laughs> when Pippen refused. There was a the final play was a close game. Yeah. Um, Pippen were like, there was, um, Phil Jackson drew up a play for Tony Kukoc. <laughs> Pippen was like, nah, I'm not going. <laughs> and then, um, Pippen hits the game winner. Do you think differently of Scottie Pippen after that situation? Or are you like, so I'm glad you asked that because I actually,
1: I was just talking to somebody about that game. Um, at the time, I remember thinking that Pippen came off like a real punk. And I, like, I remember being bothered by the fact that he would do that. and and in my eyes, do something that was really selfish. Um, Looking back, I think so much of that was probably born out of his contract situation, where he was so frustrated that he was finally the guy and he's carrying this team. He's still completely underpaid. And now in that moment, in the biggest part of the game, at the biggest part of the season, Phil is drawing up a play for somebody else. I think he was probably really insulted. I I still don't think it's right for him to do that. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I think I I view it a little differently now than I did then. But at the time, I remember, especially because Kukoc ended up hitting the shot, it made him look extra bad. Like, if (laughs) Kukoc bricks it, then at least he's, like, vindicated in some way.
0: Yeah, it's like, I told y'all. And then it's like, yeah, but... But, yeah, Kukoc is the game winner. Like, after watching the last dance, I also learned how underpaid Pippen was. I think it was a seven-year deal for $18 million. And at, at the time, back then, that sounds like decent money. But right. now, you look, it's like, oh, that's Well, and the difference with the
1: landscape now is that, like, he probably would have done what, like, Le'Veon Bell did or whatever and just,
0: like, sat out for a year. But that's yeah. really what was done. Yeah, NBA players really don't sit out on contracts. But I think they would have found a way you know, or they might've, I might've traded him, but Jordan was a big part in Pippin's, I think influence. So I, I could, I can honestly say maybe Jordan, like lent them some money <laughs> around that time. I could, It wouldn't surprise
1: me. It's funny. My, uh, in watching with my dad, he was like, why didn't Jordan just give him? Cause they were showing, you know, <laughs> Jordan's final season. He got paid like 36 million or whatever. He was like, why didn't Michael just give him some of his money? I was like, I don't really think people do that, but I, I you know, I yeah. would hope I hope Pippen at least made some endorsement money because man alive he was
0: unbelievably underpaid. Yeah, Pippen Pippen was great man. I, I really I really liked him. So all right, we fast forward to '94 season. Oh, Game Five too was an um, interesting one. At, well, as a Knicks fan, um, do you remember the game with um, Pippen um, um, fouled Hubert Davis at the top of the key? It's a little playoff that,
1: that playoff series is a little hazy to me after the, gotcha. the Pippen
0: Kucoch thing. What? Yeah, what? yeah. Because um um Knicks went to the finals obviously. What they won in seven, but Game Five was a controversial um call on um Pippen uh Pippen at at the end um foul Hubert Davis Hubert Davis at the got the pass at the top of the key. He shot a three. Pippen um gets called for the foul, even though it like, you know, it was a light raise. As a Knicks fan, I was biased. I am like, yeah, but it's a questionable call. And that could have swayed um Bulls win that um game five. They actually are up three two. Right, so, going back to Chicago. Probably. Yeah. Right. So so because of that, um, because of that foul, um, Hubert Davis gets three, three, um, three throws at the line. He hits, well, and and Knicks end up winning the game. So that was a that was a controversial one. So, you know, and then next move on. So like, um, yeah, that's here he's in like, all right, that even though the Bulls had a great year, um, they fall short. So now move on after that season 90, um, Jordan plays baseball um, um, and uh, plays under the, in the White Sox double A team. What do you think about Jordan playing baseball at the time?
1: Birmingham Barons.
0: Yeah. Head yep.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was strange. And I think, again, like my view of it is different now because it seems I, I I don't need I don't think you need to be a psychologist to tell you that, like, OK, Jordan's dad is tragically murdered. His dad's dream for him was to play baseball. He plays baseball. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think. It was like, and And also just from the perspective of I've done I've already proven that I'm the greatest basketball player ever. So yeah. when you're somebody who's that driven, maybe as crazy as it seems, it was like, okay, I need to. Ba- basketball's not a challenge for me anymore. So like, what can I do to challenge myself?
0: Yeah, and then and he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do pretty well in in baseball. But I mean, it, the effort that counts. Baseball is all people. I don't think people know how hard baseball is. No, and that's
1: the thing. Like, as much as people shit on Jordan for you know he's a terrible baseball player, like you go try to hit two ten in the minor leagues and hit three home runs, like. Yeah, it's the same as talking like it's like talking about Tim Tebow, like, no, he's not a great baseball player. But as compared to a normal human being attempting to pick up a sport that they haven't played in decades, pretty good. Yeah.
0: As a huge baseball fan growing up, I would go to the batting cages Mm -hmm. and I could barely hit 55. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, you turn that up to like 70 and you can't even see it, let alone 100. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so imagine people throwing on an average 80 to 100 miles
1: an hour, that's that's insane. <laughs> my, my, my most distinct memory from Jordan at that time was playing a game at Wrigley Field, is he played in an exhibition game at Wrigley oh, okay. Field
0: and hit a yeah. double and people were going nuts. Yeah, that had to be, yeah, that had to be insane. Yeah. So, yeah, Jordan like playing, yeah, Jordan doing anything into like, yeah, reserves like all the all the praise. So, um,
1: I I also think it's kind of crappy that he essentially like took a spot from somebody who was actually deserving.
0: That is true, but he doesn't get that opportunity if he's not Michael Jordan. Yeah, at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, he is Michael Jordan. So it's like, you know, even the guy that probably is like, you know what? Yeah, go
1: ahead. There's, I don't know if you ever saw that O.J. Simpson uh, Made in America doc. But um, well,
0: i never watched it, bothered to watch it, but I know that's a good one too. It
1: mean, it's great, but there's a scene in it where they're talking about how like, OJ and his buddies are hanging out with all these like, rich, like, you know, fancy pants, white people. And one of <laughs> his friends is like, you realize none of these people would be hanging out with us if you weren't OJ Simpson. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he just like, looks back at him and is like, but I am
0: OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <all right. laughs> yes. Yeah, so that that yeah, that's that, that sounds true. Um, so Jordan they retire his number twenty three right away on November first. That's like even before the season started, and they just built the United Center, so yeah. that's a big deal. I know I remember they played in Chicago Stadium. That's like an, an old gritty stadium. You never been there, right?
1: Never got to go there. Everything I heard was that like when that place was loud, it was the loudest place in the world.
0: Yeah, and it, was, was yeah it was. one of those older. Um, Yeah, older stadiums like kind of like Boston Garden at the time. It was like just an older, classic stadium. But they built the United Center. They built a statue of Jordan. looks looks pretty cool. That's one thing I didn't do when I got to Chicago, go by United Center and um see the Jordan statue. But they retire his game. Like they retire his number on November like November first, and no game. It's like just before. the season starts. So they have a big I mean, ceremony. They
1: did have a ceremony like where he retired. Yeah,
0: it was like a two hour ceremony in the stadium. It was like, uh, usually they have like, you know, during like halftime of the game, they have it, mm-hmm. but it was like, no, yeah. But two hours, yeah, Jordan, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so yeah, they retire him. Horace Grant moves to like, he signs a free agent to Orlando. Bull sign Ron Harper around that, that time. And then March 18th, Jordan comes out of retirement. Uh, his first game is March 18th um, against – March 19th against the Pacers. Yep. And he comes back wearing the number 45. Is that weird to see or um... – Yeah, it
1: was weird. It's it's the same way as like when somebody um, – a player like plays their whole career for somebody and then is in like a different – like it's like seeing Tom Brady in a Buccaneers jersey. Like just oh, seeing the a Bulls jersey with a 45, it was very uh, – it like your brain had to like
0: readjust to it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's back and everybody's going ape shit. So yeah. that's 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 all that matters. All right, I'm gonna go back a little bit, like before your time. Do you remember hearing about the number twelve jersey? Uh huh. Yeah, that's a pretty. If you want to tell it, that's a that's a great story. Yeah.
1: So I think it was a game in Orlando, um, but it was a game that the Bulls were were playing. Uh,
0: probably yeah, was actually Valentine's Day. Early
1: yeah. '90s. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody, I'm not sure if they figured out who stole Jordan's locker or uh, Jordan's jersey from the locker room and I guess they had the only jersey like they would well, they have like an extra jersey laying around that he had to wear for that game because they couldn't find his jersey and the jersey. Yeah, was- I don't think
0: they're all as equipped as like you know back that they players probably travel with like 10 jerseys. Right. You know so like now they probably only had one or two or they were like yeah I got my jersey. I'm not going to forget one Yeah, we need one jersey it's not going to get ripped it's not baseball it's not football yeah. we're outside getting it dirty. It's fine.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Common, that's a common uh, Michael Jordan trivia question is like, you know, what are the four Jersey numbers that Jordan wore in his career? Cause 23, 45, nine for the Olympics. And then yeah.
0: that one game. Yeah. And I remember that one, I remember having, it was weird because I remember having a base, a basketball card. Yeah. It was a player. I think it's Sam Vincent from Orlando. Mm-hmm. And then it shows Jordan and he's wearing number 12 and, I, and, it, and it freaked me yeah, out. It's like seeing a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, it's like seeing a ghost because yeah. it's like, wait, hold up. He's wearing number 12. This looks photoshopped or this is like this is like it's one of the scariest things ever cuz it's just I wonder if uh,
1: yeah, it's like some alternate reality or something.
0: I it wonder, really
1: is. I wonder if that card is worth anything.
0: I'm pretty sure it is because I think after what they 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 reprinted that San Vincent card, so it's like now it's just Vincent on like just on a card by himself. It's not it's not the Jordan, but I know that had to be a collector's item. So whoever has it is yeah. is, is pretty well off. But um I'll
1: tell you what, because I don't I don't know where you're going after this, but like my my most distinct memory from his comeback was not even the Pacers game. It was a game against the Hawks where he hit a game winner. And I think it was like his third game back. And it was the first time that he really looked like himself. And it yeah, was Yeah, it only took
0: him like two games.
1: <laughs> in Atlanta. And it, you, you, the only thing that has come anywhere close to it, and you'll appreciate this as a Knicks fan. You remember that game where Jeremy Lynn hit the game winner in Toronto?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Lin's where
1: good. it was like, it felt like they were in New York. It's the only time I've ever seen that loud of a, a reaction for a game winner from a, an opposing player.
0: Yeah. Even Jordan. though Atlanta's, Atlanta's a terrible sports town, it's like, you know, most the of time. Game. Yeah. And Jordan, like I said, had fans. When the Bulls came to town, it was any. Anyway, it was a big deal.
1: So, yeah, but yeah. He, uh, he, I think he had 32 in that game and he hit the game winner over Steve Smith at the buzzer down by one. He hits right. the game winner. He like knocks on the floor, like knock on wood or something like that, and then goes running off the court. And it was, I remember Johnny Red Kerr, who was the Bulls announcer,
0: just screaming, He is now back. <laughs> Right. yeah that was a big deal so um yeah jordan yeah comes out of retirement 10 days later after he drops the famous double nickel game Do you remember watching that oh my god i yeah i
1: remember watching every minute of that game i remember the the pass to winnington at the end i'm sure you remember that yeah, yeah oh
0: yeah oh yeah <laughs> that was just it yeah, jordan and that was like um just Jordan coming back changing this game from driving to like you know the post and the shoot turnaround shot that everybody tries to do in the playground okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah, a deep, that was, I mean,
1: that, and of course, of course, Jordan would would wait until the Garden to truly
0: have like a, you know. Yeah, that's where everybody uh, <laughs> waits and has their great games. So, but, yeah, I sucks mean, for that, us, Jordan, the game itself was a fantastic game. Yeah, no, it was a close game. I mean, typical Knicks bowls That rivalry was so so huge around that time. So yeah, that was a typical game, and I remember Jordan,
1: one of those uh, those infamous Spike Lee Jordan commercials where Spike Lee as a, uh, what's the name? Mars? Mars Black- Blackman. Yep. Yeah.
0: He's like yeah. MJ dropped a double nickel. Double nickel. Yeah. yeah. He, I think he coined the phrase the double nickel yeah. and that's how it became famous. So everybody remembers the double nickel game, unfortunately. <laughs> so anyway, that year, Chicago goes, um, the playoffs as the fifth seed, Jordan comes back, they go 13 and four in his, since his return. Yeah which Is insane, they beat Charlotte in the first round three games to one. Then they go in the second.
1: On that Charlotte team,
0: um, I go don't ahead. Think it was BJ Armstrong. I think so, yeah. I remember he got traded, I remember to the Warriors, and I think, yeah, he was in the yet yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah, that, that does sound yeah. right, yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was a, yeah, series, um, yeah, Jordan back, everybody's back, the site is back. So then they go to. The next round, they lose 4-2 to the Magic. In game two, Jordan comes back and says, hey, I want a, I want my number 23. Yeah. <laughs> so only Jordan, I know you get penalized for, I think, changing your number mid-season, but. I remember the hype <laughs> of
1: that, though. I remember that moment, and uh, it was like, you know, Superman putting the cape on sort of thing. It was like, you know, um, it was more symbolic than anything.
0: Yeah, it meant meant a lot. And he's coming back and he's like, all right, screw this. I'm taking over.
1: (laughs) But what I remember of that series is that, um, and I'm trying to think if it was the game that they ended up losing. I think it might have been where Jordan had a a chance to win the game and he he passed it off to Pippen and it went out of bounds. He has like a look from the free throw line. And it's like in that brief moment, he hesitates, which you never see him do. And he passes it to Pippen on the baseline, ball goes out of bounds. And I remember when the Bulls ended up losing that series, it was in the United Center and the Magic lifted Horace Grant in his magic <laughs> and his shoulders. And it was like this big, big kind, big kind big of FU yeah. Cause I think Horace felt kind of underappreciated in Chicago.
0: Yeah, possibly, but at the end of the day. Well he got yeah, he got he got paid in Orlando, but you know, at the end of the day, he has like he has a ton of rings. So Yeah. Know. But
1: I, I I remember, just feeling like Jordan is not—he's not there yet because he would never have passed up a a chance to win the game. Yeah, yeah, he's not there. It was—it was a a number of things. I believe first he passes it. I I forget what the sequence of events was, but I know that I think it was either like Nick Anderson or Dennis Scott who stole the ball from him. Um, so it was like the Bulls are up he gets a ball stole and the magic go up, then they have a chance and then he throws the ball away. So it was like this kind of awful confluence of events in the past, uh, in the last minute of the game. Yeah. So,
0: yep, they they come up short, but uh, this one starts, uh, that off season is going to be very rememberable because uh, um, in that off season Bulls trade, straight, um, Will Perdue for Dennis Rodman. Did you miss Will Perdue on the way out or? um i didn't miss will purdue i did
1: not miss will Perdue. <laughs> but, um, i do remember i remember my mom telling me about that trade i was like waking up for school and she says do you know who dennis rodman is and i was like yeah i know who dennis rodman is and she was like the bulls traded for him and i remember being mad because i didn't like dennis Rodman at the time not even because of all the piston stuff but just because like he was not the kind of player that I would have liked. Is somebody who was like a bad boy and, and yeah, and hot headed. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember
0: thinking that it was a bad idea. So yeah, it was it was a risk. I mean, you got Will Purdue for him, so it's like you know, it's kind of like all right, yeah. the Spurs were like, yeah, take him. Yeah, and um, yeah, but I, I remember when that trade went down, and I see it on paper, it's like, hold up. So you have the best player in the world. You have the best <laughs> rebounder in the world. Because at the end of the day, all you need is, Dennis to do was grab one rebounds, and then you have like Scottie Pippen, who to me is like the best, most versatile player. You know, so the mm-hmm. three of them combined, I was like, oh, they're 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 going to be the best team for a long time. That's that's too good of a team. Now, do you consider that Bulls team a super team? As you know, now we have the coin super teams nowadays.
1: Um, I mean, I feel like. Yes yes in terms of talent and and just how great they were of course they weren't a super team in the sense that they were like constructed by uh, assembling like stars from a bunch of different teams it was largely the same core but um, yeah I mean I, I put that team up with any team
0: oh yeah I put the team up but I, I don't consider him as, as a super team as far as to per se the way business is conducted now like with the Heat, with LeBron, they all talked in the offseason. It's more like the players yeah. were the GMs. Like, yo, let's go play. <laughs> like, you, me, and Bosch, bro. We'll get together. Oh, shit. Yep. Best team ever. Winningest team year. ever. Yeah. That was a. It, well, not game. anymore, but at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when they got together, I didn't see it as a as a super team. I'm just like, because you, like you said, you didn't know what kind of Dennis Rodman you were going to get. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and, I, and I, I still believe that um, it's not as if, if, you know, if the Spurs had traded Rodman anywhere that he would have succeeded. I think it was a very specific set of circumstances, um, not only with Phil Jackson, but with guys like Michael and Scotty who got the most out of it.
0: Because oh.
1: I think if you put Rodman in a different situation, there's no well, – oh, no, 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 Yeah, he doesn't
0: – yeah, he doesn't – like no other coach and no other organization could probably handle him. Right. You know, it's funny watching the last dance with Phil Jackson. He was like, remember Robin said he needed a vacation? And Phil was like, all right. Uh, that was his vacation. vacation. <laughs> Absolutely. So, insane. yeah, so, like, Phil Jackson is, like, just, like, I, this is another thing I think, like, Phil Jackson, all his success. Do you think he's a, I wouldn't say overrated coach, but do you think, like, he was just lucky to be at the right places and have the best teams assembled, even with the Lakers?
1: I think that he is a master of managing egos.
0: Yes, that's that's what I think. (laughs) I think that if you put
1: him, he's not going to be, he's not Brad Stevens. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're not going to put him on a team that's rebuilding and expect him to be the guy. But in terms of figuring out how to get people at that level, the Jordans and Pippins and Kobes and Shaqs to buy in to what you're the message that you're trying to convey, I don't think there's ever been anybody better. And I also think that, um, and they talked about it in the in the doc last night, he, of all of the coaches that Rodman could have played for, who on earth could have like leveled with him in terms of like spirituality and and (laughs) who he was as a person and not, and you know, letting him be who he he was and not trying to um, restrict that in some way. I, I think Jackson is is one of those like he's the, he was the perfect guy at the perfect time
0: yeah again yeah it couldn't couldn't be a better fit at the end of the day we know how to like when did they win 72 games go 72 and 10 super like they 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 just breezed through the finals basically um beating yeah, they, were up,
1: they, they won in six but they were up three nothing in that final yeah they would yeah it was, never, it was never really in question
0: yeah so um that game, um, the game clincher where um, Jordan lying on the floor, he dedicate, it's on Father's Day, so it dedicates it to his dad. Pretty sure that there's emotions everywhere. And just um, how happy were you to see that first um, championship for Jordan coming back?
1: It was incredible. I mean, it was um, – it, it, to this day, I think, other than the Cubs winning the World Series, I can't think of anything that's brought me more joy as a, as a sports fan than that entire season from start to finish. Um, it was – like the whole thing just seemed magical and for me because of like i said all of my love of the bulls was kind of in hind in retrospect it was like yeah. i'm in love with these guys but only from highlight videos that i've seen and to be able to be able to and that was the last year we lived in illinois we moved um to new jersey in 96 uh end of 96 so it was after gotcha. that championship um so to be in in the chicago area during that to see that happen um and to see him win on Father's Day. I, I still remember him, like, lying on the ground with Randy Brown, weirdly, almost like wrestling.
0: Yeah, Randy, yeah, usually those guys, the bench guys, are the Randy Brown and Judd Bushler. Those are the guys, yeah. you know. But I, I remember that.
1: that image of him is, like, seared into my mind of him laying face down in the locker room, just completely, like, violently sobbing.
0: Yeah, uh, just yeah, exhausted and just, like, yeah, all the emotions, just, like, all the burdens. Yeah, and, and I think it's... it's
1: combination of knowing what it you know doing it for the first time without his dad being able there to to see him knowing what he had overcome um you know i think the demons of having lost the previous year which is not something that the bulls had ever re- or not you know that version of michael jordan had not experienced loss yeah for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so um and i i've thought a lot about like Let's say Jordan never comes back in the first place. He retires after the first three championships. Never plays for the Bulls again. Never plays for the Wizards. Of course, like what would his legacy be? I don't think he's probably considered the greatest
0: of all time. Oh no, anything. in a short span, yeah. Because people I think consider
1: it would like, like a "what could have been" sort of thing.
0: Yeah, because people like I know Jim Brown and football had a short career too, but like yeah, yeah. But people see him as like one of the greatest um, running backs ever. But yeah, the same thing, Jordan. Yeah, but to come back and, and win it. It's a very, it was a very emotional uh, experience. So, yeah. um, so they win, they win the championship. Um, they start following season. Um, key date, November 15th, uh, the movie Space Jam comes out. Um, were you hyped about this? Were like, how old, like, yeah, how old were you? And where, Yeah, um, was that a big deal for you? It's a huge deal for me. Um,
1: and it's, it's an it's a pretty bad movie. But it's—I mean,
0: <laughs> it's um, funny because I can watch it over. I remember I saw it like the day it came out. I took my nephew to see it, and
1: Michael Jordan's not a good actor. Um, yeah, but he's especially very, when you're
0: good. acting with cartoons. That's a difficult. I don't know. I don't know how easy that is.
1: I appreciate you trying to defend him, but he's pretty bad. Acting <laughs> with, he's pretty bad acting <laughs> with humans too. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do this. Is this is a brief reenactment of Michael Jordan in Space Jam? Jordan walks in. He says, "What's for dinner?" His maid lady says chicken and collard greens. Jordan says in this exact tone, good. I'm going to need a good meal tonight.
0: <laughs> I, I never noticed that because I was just compelled with like, just of the, course.
1: no, it was super. The fun. It was, the, it was, um, that time as a basketball fan has not ever really been, been equaled for me. So I feel like space jam was just the, the icing on the cake of that entire thing. And, and, uh, yeah, I I think the, the thing I remember most from Space Jam was the
0: shoes, man. Those shoes are iconic. Oh my, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, hard to get too. It's like yeah, that whole yeah. yeah that whole movie and at that, that time I like I, I I enjoyed the movie. It's like I can I, I, it's one of those movies if it's on TV I can sit back and watch the rest of it. I know what's gonna happen, but it's like yeah, <laughs> this is cool. Jordan and cartoons. That's that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I know they finished wrapping up the new one. Um of course, we're going to watch it. Well, they're going to LeBron LeBron. It's already it's already shot. But mm-hmm. I, I think because of what's going on, it's delayed till next year. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, going to watch. Um, will they do? I'm, I'm curious to see what what this looks like, but no. it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so that year they they they're they're on their quest for the second um, championship championship. Um, End of the day, same thing. Bulls going to win. There's, um, there's second of the that
1: season. I would have to look it up. The 96-97 uh, season. So they were sixty nine and thirteen. They should have had seventy. They lost to the Knicks, I believe, or it might have, might have been the Pacers late in the season. But um, they started out that season, I think, like thirteen and zero. And so oh, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. And ten people were like, "Are they just not going to lose this year?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was like, "All right, it's like it's it's." I didn't want to cover up it. I was like, all right, we'll be here forever. But I, you knew yeah. the outcome at the end of the end of the day. And um, they go to the finals, beat Utah uh, four games to two. And during that series, um, game five, the infamous uh, flu game. <laughs> In retrospect, <So>, a really little irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like, think we're going to be like, nah, I'm sick. Nah, I can play. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that I guess the new flu game is Rudy
0: Gobert. Yeah, it's <laughs> just touching everybody and just, yeah. But um, do, you, do you think there's some conspiracy theories out there that, uh, Jordan didn't have the flu, he just uh, had a cold or something? I don't, I, no, we don't know, but. Um,
1: well, it's interesting that you talk about that conspiracy theory because the other conspiracy theory is that somebody messed with his food, like somebody from the Jazz. Deliberately. <laughs> no, yeah, like, there are people who believe that.
0: Oh wow! Well, tell us. I, yeah, I, I honestly never heard this
1: one. Well, people, there are people who think he had food poisoning, and that somebody messed with his food when he, because he ordered room service the night before in his oh, hotel, and wow. he, I think he was hanging out with Ahmad Rashad, like in his room, and they were both eating, and Ahmad Rashad didn't get sick, and Jordan got like violently ill. So wow! <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think that he was faking it it would be funny if he were, because as you saw in the documentary last night, it seems like 30 years later, he doesn't fully believe that Pippin had a migraine. Yeah. Like, well, you know, he says he has a migraine, he had a migraine, but I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, that just, I think that as much as any other game solidified his like legend status. Yeah. So he yeah. Was, you could tell he was, there's that famous shot of him. Like, Walking off the court with Pippen, where it looks like he can yeah, carry a my, yeah, it, well.
0: like the walking, yeah, like the walking
1: wounded. <laughs> like they were yeah. at war, and <laughs> right? And um, Jordan's Jordan's a tough guy. I, I I find it hard to imagine that he was like you know putting on a, an act
0: to make it. dramatic.
1: Yeah.
0: you could see <laughs> he always experience. I don't believe in the act, whether like it might have not have been as big. I mean, people would say, oh, he just had a cold, he was fine. You <attrib exclusion> know him. what I'm saying, but. Yeah, all this yeah, see that the whole series
1: swung on. I think game one sets the tone for the whole uh, series where that's the infamous uh, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday game where yeah. <laughs> two free throws at the end, Jordan hits that game winner. Um, and yeah, I mean, so game five was a flu game. Game six was an incredible game that ends with that. Um, obviously the Kerr, the Kerr shot. And it was so funny because it very much mirrored the John Paxson. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Steve
0: Kerr just took John Pax's spot. That's all it was. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, we move on to that. That's the second of that second wave of the three P and, um, 97, 98 where The last dance is mm-hmm. taking place built on the final season. So, um, and this is where you go to your first game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your first ever live, um, game and you're already in Jersey now. So I guess you go, it's the Meadowlands, right?
1: Yep, it's the at the time the Continental Airlines Arena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I had ne- so I never got to go in Illinois. Um, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And obviously, like Bulls tickets at that time in the 90s were. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. Next next tickets were always hard to get, but I can imagine Bulls tickets at that yeah, time. But yeah. I, I so yeah. So I know that we
1: would not have been able to afford them. So. It was a big deal because I, you know, it was my dream to see Jordan play. And we're way up in the nose, please. I actually found my ticket from that game recently. Oh, but nice. I remember, <laughs> I remember everything about it. I remember um, I even without looking it up, I remember the exact score. I remember that Jordan had 24 points and Rodman had 24 rebounds. Yeah. And. Rodman had
0: crazy stat lines because it would be like, yeah, he'll have like 30 rebounds. No points. <laughs> right,
1: right. And I, what I remember from that game even sitting, you know, hundreds of feet up in the nosebleeds was like looking down. And because Pippen, unfortunately, didn't play in that game because he was still recovering from the injury. But um, seeing Jordan on the court and realizing that I was in the same physical space as Michael. <laughs> Joseph, <Yeah. laughs> a real person that existed in the world and that he I, I think the what I thought I was like, think of how many people in the world have worn that Red Bulls jersey with the number 23 on the back. And he's the one wearing it, and it's actually uh, him.
0: And, you know, like, yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. that <laughs> and
1: I couldn't even like wrap my mind around. Yeah,
0: and they were wearing the red uniform. I remember that year. I think they had the black uniform. They had the black uniform, uniform too. I, yeah, I, with the pinstripes pin on it. What's that? They had the pinstripes on it, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and I and the Bulls actually were losing that game. I think they they ended up outscoring the Nets by like fifteen or sixteen points in the fourth quarter. And I remember being very distraught about it because it, it, I think even at the time I recognized like, this is probably going to be my only chance to see this team. And it would really suck if they lose this game to like a piece. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, I felt the same way seeing Jordan. I saw him in the 96 playoffs against the Bulls, um, that, that one game the Knicks won. And yeah, uh, we, like me and my family were like, and it was our um, tent. What happened was I waited online for playoff tickets and like playoff tickets you know you don't know how long the series are going to be so they label them as playoff like home game a till Mm -hmm. you know z if they make it to the finals that year so it was home game c and they played cleveland in the first round um they sweep cleveland so home game c ended up being from probably the, the first round to the opening home game against chicago
1: Good and for you. Me and
0: my and my cousin at the time were like, "Holy shit, we're going to see Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Death Robin. And the bonus was we saw the Knicks win. But we see right. Michael Jordan. I remember that game. Jordan hit a um, shot to tie the game. They go into overtime. John Starks goes nuts. But it was just to see, like you said, to be in the same physical space as Michael Jordan. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I um, I'm so grateful that I had that chance because I. I'll get to tell my grandkids someday that I, I saw Jordan in person. I saw Kobe in person. I've seen LeBron in person. Like, you don't – that's – because when he was on the Wizards, my dad actually bought us tickets to go see him, and then he got injured, so we didn't get to see him. A ah, shoot. And I was in uh, – oh. against, against the Nets? Yeah,
0: against the Nets, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I don't think I ever got to see Pippen, though. Oh Pippen. Uh, oh yeah, you never got to see Pippen at it. Yeah, because yeah. he, you know, it then the, that was the end of the the injuries and then yeah, we'll get up to that soon. So, uh, yeah, that season you went is the same that's the third of the second Pete. Uh, they go back, they play Utah in the finals again and Jordan 98 and Jordan couldn't go out any better. He hits the game winner. <laughs> In game six over Brian Russell. Talk about that moment and probably your last image of Michael Jordan, not only in a Bulls uniform, but probably his last game ever, so we perceive.
1: I remember I was was in the very house that I'm in right now. I was in New Jersey with my my parents and my sister. And the Bulls had gone up 3-1 in that series. They had a chance to win in Chicago. Uh, Jordan actually took a shot from, like, half court that would have won the finals uh, and was fairly close in game five. But I remember in game six, I just had this this stinking feeling that they were, as they were down late in that game, like, oh, my God, like, they might not win this because the Jazz looked really, really strong. And I remember just feeling this, like, sense of panic of, like, I, I, I'm afraid they're not going to win because they're down they're down three points at the end of the game. Jordan comes down, hits a layup. What I remember about it, even before the shot, was I could see that play developing where he steals the ball from Malone. Because Malone gets in the post, you see Jordan on the other side of the, of the key, you recognize it, and as he starts moving over, I was like, oh my God, he's gonna steal the ball. He steals it, he comes down, and um, it felt like slow motion. Like, I don't know if you remember watching it. But like, <laughs> I, I do, I forget. On the side of the key, like, just dribbling, and you realize what's about to happen. Like, he's winding the clock down, and this is it. Like he's either gonna make the shot or he's not. And it was one of those times where every everyone in the world expected that. It was like what everyone expected and wanted to happen actually happened. And you, almost, happened, yeah. you can't believe that it was that perfect. Like he crosses him over. Sure he pushes off a little bit, but we won't talk about that. Yes. And the perfect jump shot doesn't even graze the rim. He you know holds that pose yeah and, just holds the pose yeah and then everybody
0: you play in the playground with and i is, remember
1: Rob Costas who i i love Costas i think he's a great a great commentator very dramatically saying that may have been the last shot Michael Jordan ever takes in the NBA and if it was what <laughs> a moment and it like um i i'm pretty sure i cried i i think it was clear to me that <laughs> at that time that like this, that was probably going to be it because even without knowing all the stuff about Pippin and Jerry Krause and everything, like you just knew you you, like, it seemed like the way for it to end. And, um, man, I, I, it was, I just feel like when I think about it, I feel so lucky that I got to live in the time that that was happening.
0: No, absolutely. That was like some of the best basketball. Even in the Knicks fan, like I was at the wrong end, but like you see, like Jordan, like secure his legacy as arguably the best player that ever played, and it was just, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was
1: great. <laughs> and the Bulls. And the other thing is, and we don't have to get too much in the weeds, but it it was so meaningful because the Bulls almost got knocked out by the Pacers. I mean, the Bulls went to seven yeah, games. And we were down yeah. fifteen points in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. And it's going to
0: end there. So, yeah, that Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson team, with yeah, the Davis, yeah, that was a good, that was a good team.
1: Though. It was a great so, series. That's the series where where Miller hits that that game winning three over the. I mean, it was a as
0: you know as a Knicks fan, the, the that Pacers team was yeah. an incredible. <laughs> team.
1: Yeah, that was a yeah, that was
0: a damn good team. So that's that's it for the legacy, and then like um, Jerry Krause, like I said, it was weird just to hear him. Wasn't a blow the team. I understand. I remember um, having um, James Matter on my show. We were talking about the yeah. Celtic and how uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Parrish and their big three, they never – they really stay loyal. The organization stayed loyal to them. So they never really bothered to trade them or they made trade proposals, but they never followed through. But Jerry Krause is like, all right, this team, we don't know. We need to get younger so we can keep this going. So – Jerry Krause always threatening to blow him up. Then, like, Phil leaves. And then, you know, the domino effect happens. Jordan retires. They trade Pippen to Houston. And then Rob and they release him. That was a strike shortened season. And this is always one of the biggest "What's if, what ifs I think of. If they keep the team intact, especially for a strike shortened season, if you remember the 99, yeah. finals ended yeah. up That's in the first. Occurs, yeah. Do you think if this team stayed intact, they win it again, right, in '99?
1: I think there's a good chance. To, exactly to your point, because of the shortened season, because I think yeah, with all played, right with all of these guys getting older, the the grind of another 82 game season would have taken its toll, probably, or they would have had to do what people do nowadays, where they like rest guys, but that just wasn't load management, thing. yeah, but. Um, yeah, you have played a fifty game it's Entirely possible. Because very much and I hate to give them credit, but like very much like the Patriots, like once you get them to the
0: playoffs, Yeah, they know what to do.
1: It's gonna carry. Yeah, most
0: of the time, especially the NBA, remember the playoffs, like you're you have a greater chance of making the playoffs than you do not making the playoffs because the majority <laughs> of the teams make the playoffs. So sometimes certain teams like they'll cruise. <laughs> Like yeah, we're okay, we're good. We'll, you know, Pip take a day off, Jordan take a day off, and then on the playoffs they just turn it up a notch, right? So it was like fifty games. That's a bonus for all of you. You keep it. You keep that team intact for another season.
1: They're in. I,
0: I even argue if if even if you keep them in the following year in two thousand, like this word gets tricky. I think they go to the finals, but they probably end up playing the Lakers yeah. and Shaq Kobe. They might, you know, that's. You know mm-hmm. that's that's questionable. That remains to be seen. But oh man, what a matchup! If can you yeah, yeah. two thousand like that's Shaq versus I mean Jordan versus Kobe.
1: And imagine if the Lakers had won, then it would have been like an official passing of the torch kind of torch.
0: Yeah, that would have been a great storyline. Yeah, well, didn't Shaq
1: recently said that he has no doubt that that Lakers team would have beaten the Bulls?
0: I know I, I believe that because I think age would have probably caught up to them. And that Laker team was like with Shaq and Kobe. That was a that was a stacked team. And that was like Kobe was good, but he wasn't, you know, later on to the two, you know, the yeah. years later, dominant Kobe. You know what I'm saying? So I but I can imagine that matchup alone, Shaq, Kobe. You could figure like you're like, hmm, that that would have been definitely that would have I, definitely that, been a marquee matchup. That
1: Lakers team probably would have beaten the, the 2000 version of the Bulls. But if you're if you're putting up that team against the 95, 96 Bulls, I still I still take take the Bulls.
0: Yeah, uh, 2K says otherwise. I like you. I don't know if you play, oh, NBA. Yeah. <laughs> but I I play NBA 2K with a friend of mine, and we like did like the the matchup with the Bulls and Lakers. And I guess that game caters to more dominant <laughs> if you have a center. Oh, he would have bullied Luke Longley for sure. Yeah, because I mean, like I played, we reenacted, and we switched up. Like I played with the Bulls. No, I played with the Lakers and because he was better. A friend of mine was better than me in 2K. Mm-hmm. So I played with the Lakers, and I'm, like, dominating with Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Whereas, like, he can't get – so I was like, oh, this is weird because I would have picked this Bulls team over. Let me pick the Bulls, and then I can't get a shot off with Jordan and Pippen. Like, I can't, you know, have the same dominance. So yeah. maybe uh, that that 2,000 Lakers team would have been, mm-hmm. been better. So at the end of the day – uh that 98 90 yeah 99 team doesn't make the playoffs um they missed the playoffs for the first time since the 83 84 season and that's before jordan got drafted there so all the times that jordan was there they made the playoffs and so you see the impact jordan had on that um on that whole franchise and the Bulls, so, before, pre, pre-Jordan, the Bulls were an absolute joke of a franchise. Yeah, I remember watching the last dance, and, like, the Bulls weren't even a big deal in Chicago. It was all about the Bears, because <laughs> the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl. So it was really all about the Bears mm-hmm. and the Bulls. So, like, I mean, Bears and Cubs were always – dominate chicago to be fair
1: but, to be fair when when uh, the bulls played the celtics in 86 they were uh, or yeah 86 they were 30 and 52 and
0: made the playoffs so they didn't that's really insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane so and it because because there's not a many um teams that, at the time i guess there were 24 teams or something like that compared yeah. to the 30 you have now so it's like yeah, it's probably yeah it's it's different but everybody made the playoffs so that's mm-hmm. yeah that's what it's kinda of weird. So 88, 89, I mean not the uh, 98, 99 season, they don't make a playoffs. 99 draft, um, bulls get the first pick with Elton Brand. So were you big um around that time? Were you still a Bulls fan? Because <laughs> I mean now that Jordan's gone, Pippen's gone. You know what? Believe I was, I
1: was I was just as big of a fan to my own detriment. Like I was still <laughs> trying to convince myself that you know there was Something to be a fan of, and I—I I mean, I cannot tell you the amount of time that I spent watching teams that were truly unwatchable. I mean, I'm talking about like uh, names that you probably would never even have heard of, like you know, Cornell David and Marcus Pfizer and
0: yeah, i was right, yep, I'm about and,
1: and and Corey Benjamin and all these like scrubs that just came in and out of that that city. Um, it was painful. It was painful to. My
0: but it's funny because you know, all that success, I'm pretty sure you don't take that success because, I mean, they, the Bulls are probably the most successful team I've seen in recent memory in my whole lifetime as being yeah. a sportsman. <laughs> so,
1: well, and like, it, was, it was tough because there were on that on that 90 – I would have to look at the roster, but on that 98-99 team, there were still a few guys from the championship team. I, mean, and, I
0: think who Coach were there. Um, I think Harper – um, real the season. I think Longley was there, and they was like, "All right, where we're, where else are we gonna get?" <laughs> and
1: it, just made me, it made me so sad. Like, it just made me it bummed me out. Because it was the
0: ultimate turnaround. It was like it, they went from first to worst. It was just really it's like the Warriors recently. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was just it was just bad. But then fast forward now, that you get Elton Brand and you get 16th, you get Ron Artest. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty big. So I, how do you, um, feel like, um, I guess when that season starts and end up like there, there's promise there, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And the brand wins working rookie, co-working rookie of the year with Steve Francis. I loved,
1: I loved Elton Brand and I'll show you this. I wrote to, I wrote to Elton Brand cause I was a fan of his. Oh, wow. I that mean, <laughs> that me nice. that's a bit, that's, that's a dope one. Um, I was a huge, huge Elton Brand fan, uh, and he was—he was like a twenty ten guy. He was—he was great. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's, uh, yeah. He was like his stats, yeah, his stat filler. He was great. And then, like I said, once rookie, and, and he got member time. of the Elton Brand fan club. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> just work, the, the, were you the president, or you just—you uh, were been the only person? No,
1: I—I I just really liked him. Out the
0: <laughs> no, there's something to like. Like both, yeah. There's promise. He has a great rookie season, and he's yeah, it's 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 great. Um, so, um,
1: but yeah, I mean, I, I liked him, and and our tests, I I don't remember feeling really any type of way about our tests, one way or the other. I I remember being really impressed by his his defense, um, but at, at that time it was, I don't know what happened, but it seemed like every every lottery pick the Bulls had just didn't pan out. I mean, they yeah,
0: because I was going to run through the names if you want me to run through them.
1: <laughs> oh, give me all of them. Give me. I mean, give,
0: uh, Jamal Crawford. Well, he's a baller. Yeah, he's still yeah, he's still playing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so that's not, that's not a bad one. Two thousand. Yeah. Also, that Um, Marcus Pfizer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's fourth pick overall. Then, then, then you won't remember that name. <laughs> so, um, you get um, two thousand two. Um, well, not two thousand one. You still get now. You get um. Oh, gets traded for um the rights to Tyson Chandler. Right. And then the four picking at Eddie Curry, so that's like the baby bowls era.
1: They were trying to do their own like Duncan and uh, Robinson thing, but yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, Eddie Curry, was, was, I think that was last year as GM.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't need to tell you about Eddie Curry. I'm sure you know all about it.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Eddie right. Curry didn't have it, his first year with the Knicks it was pretty pretty solid. But after yeah. that, it was just great
1: and but the thing is you know you talk about Jamal Crawford or Tyson Chandler, that's not who they ended up being. Was not the version of them the Bulls had. I mean, Tyson. No, should,
0: definitely not.
1: Definitely not. Chandler was the exact kind of guy who, like, probably should have gone to college because he was not, he was not there yet.
0: But uh, they figured it out after.
1: Yeah, after they were long, long off the, off the Bulls. And yeah, did you
0: ever? Yeah, go ahead. I'm
1: sorry. I was just gonna say one of the first players that, other than Brand, that I was like truly excited to watch was Jay Williams, and then you know, obviously.
0: Yeah, I was true. about to bring his name up too. Um Jay. Um before that I'll get to um did you ever watch that um it was a mini doc I saw on Eddie Curry? I guess so on Oh you never seen it. Okay. It's a, yeah, if you look look it up, it's it's pretty good. it shows like, yeah, his present situation. So I, I won't ruin it for you. So yeah, Google it. It's I think it's like ten to fifteen minutes. My
1: favorite Eddie Curry quote is uh his that first season with the Bulls, he was uh he was shooting really poorly at the free throw line, and somebody asked him, like, what, you know, what's the deal, like, you, you know, you shot free throws well in high school, like, what's going on? And he's, like, (laughs) he said something to the effect of, nobody has balloons in high school. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow. Wow. So, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to run um, Jay Williams, Jay, Jason Williams at the time. Yeah. I remember watching him in Duke, and he was so good in Duke. And i like I second overall Because of uh, white chocolate. Yeah, well, not only that. They yeah, were like maybe that. five or six Jason Williams in the yeah. league. So he's like, yeah, I can't be confused with you guys. So, yeah, yeah so Jay Williams gets drafted um, and has a decent rookie season. Oh, is that uh, breaking out the bobble? Oh, wow. <laughs> Where'd you get that one from?
1: You know, I don't even remember, but there's a—I actually have kind of a weird, random connection to Jay Williams. He, because he grew up in New Jersey, and uh, his yeah, mom, yeah. his mom was the guidance counselor at my middle school.
0: Oh, get out of here! Wow.
1: Yeah. So he was like around. I remember him being. He ran like a basketball camp when he was still at Duke. He was like at a camp in town. Um, I man, he's he's truly one of those like what could have been stories. I think he really would have been a, a very good pro.
0: Yeah. And he, he showed his rookie year. He had a solid rookie year. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, that,
1: point that year he he had like some flashes where you were like, cause, and it was really just his the the mental side of it. Like he seemed like one of those guys who just hated to lose, was going to be a great team leader. I he
0: played in Duke, Coach K. And right. like, yeah, so it's like, yeah, you have the mentality. You already have a winning mentality. So
1: exactly. Uh, I mean, I think they won the national championship at Duke, didn't they?
0: No, I remember if I'm not mistaken, I remember he choked on a game. Maybe the year oh. after, I gotta reach. I remember the one game he he was at the line and he choked. I wanna, mm. I have to. I, I remember losing to him, losing to Jared Jeffries in Indiana. I it's might be wrong. But, that Duke team, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to go back and look that up, but um, but Jay Williams, he yeah, yeah he could have. I
1: think he might have been around at that time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really love Jay Williams. And I remember being so, so
0: heartbroken when, when he got Yeah, there. with the motorcycle accident. Yeah, June 19th it happened. So, yeah, that sucks. So um, 2003, which I remember that draft. It's one of the deepest draft classes with LeBron and Melo. Uh, you picked up Kirk Heinrich. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that bad, it, Kurt Heinrich? Wasn't yeah, it wasn't that bad? Service you
1: know, Kirk, Kirk Heinrich is the classic like scrappy defender who just like annoys the shit out of people. And, uh, I, I was a big Heinrich fan. I, I actually really enjoyed him a lot. And I mean, that that was around the time where it's the Bulls started to at least be watchable again, because then you're talking about like, um, you know, the teams with ben gordon yeah i'm about to get a
0: 2004 draft ben gordon's the third overall pick and that's yeah that's like all right i remember watching him he won a title at yukon i'm like oh ben gordon that's a um big um big one and that's uh jeff cerule's favorite player shout out to jeff cerule he's on the show next yeah yeah every time i tell a joke we have uh ben gordon stories forever so (laughs) yeah so uh yeah, so Ben Gordon, uh seven pick, you Deng, Dang. They work a trade with Phoenix, uh, they get the rights to Luol Dang, and you get Chris Duhon in the second round. So you got lots of dukies. Um, huh? Lots of Duke's, I said. Yeah, a lot of Duke guys. Yeah. So you get um, yeah, Gordon, Heinrich, that yeah, that team, um, they they go back to the playoffs again. And they they lose, um they lose to Washington, I think that first round, four games to two, if you remember the Washington Wizards. So um yeah, they're you know that those teams are like, all right, we're we're coming back. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah.
1: Those were a lot of those teams that were like five hundred but still made the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they were yeah, they were solid enough. I remember like, yeah, it's like yeah, Heinrich Gordon, dang, they were yeah, good good young players. And my, um, mean,
1: my main memory from that era of basketball was that insane seven game series against the Celtics that the Bulls um they lost in seven games. So do I think that would have been like two thousand and seven or eight.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm going to get to that, too. I got that. Um, So um, I'm just going to go back to uh, 2006 in the draft. They uh, traded the rights to LaMarcus Aldridge for Tyrus Thomas. (laughs) That's a bad one. So you have uh, Aldridge, who ends out to be a a solid pro, good player, all star player, and Tyrus Thomas. Uh, Do you remember any memories of Tyrus Thomas?
1: Tyrus Thomas drove me nuts. He, he was just one of those guys who like s- seemed to have a shitty attitude and was a kind of a prima donna, and did, just didn't he didn't seem to work particularly hard. Um, yeah, on talent alone,
0: thought he was better than he probably was.
1: Yeah, and I mean it, the fact that they traded Aldridge for him uh, obviously just made that exponentially worse to deal
0: with. Yeah. So like that um, same year, um, you signed Ben Wallace out there, coming off his championships, um, Detroit. So that's another, uh, but not the same. Ben Wallace and what, you know, he's not a scorer. So what, you know, he can do whatever he can. You know what I'm saying? So, so that um, didn't pan out too well. So we move on to the 2008 draft. Uh, Number one pick, Derrick Rose. Hometown Chicago native. Number one pick. You excited?
1: I was excited, incredibly excited. um, And Ma- mainly because the Bulls had a 1.7% chance of getting that pick.
0: I remember. Yeah, I remember. It's like, yeah, Chicago would get you. It my, was like my, the fate
1: aligned and the Bulls somehow. I remember because I knew they were going to pick Rose, but um, I, I, I remember I, the top
0: two Rose, and Michael Beasley at the yeah, time yeah. for kids. It was pretty I the,
1: the draft, The draft lottery when the Bulls got that pick completely freaking out because I at the time they were slotted to get I think like the seventh pick that year yeah um there's a great story about Beasley and Rose that I'm pretty sure the Bulls were going to pick Rose no matter what but they were like doing their due diligence and they um they asked both of them the same question they asked Michael Beasley like you know what was the thing that bothered you the most when you were playing in college and his answer was, you know, sometimes the fans get on you when you're playing in other stadiums and that really bothered me. And they asked Rose, what was the thing that bothered you the most playing at Memphis? And he said, losing.
0: Yeah. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's all, that's all you got to say. And it's like, yeah, we're definitely picking him. So he goes on to be the first pick and basically gold. He's, um, he's killing it. One rookie of the year, right? I believe. And, just like, yeah, that, that series, I will go on to that um, series against the seven games such as with the Celtics. That was like his coming out party. That was like people's like, oh, wow.
1: And it was fun. And, it, and it's kind of interesting that that happened because I'm not comparing him to Jordan, but like Jordan's coming out on a national stage was a playoff series against the Celtics. And so for that to kind of be how Rose was brought to the public's attention is, is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and that yeah, that's where it, it all starts from then next season, they go back to the playoffs. They lose to Cleveland. No shame in that four games, to one then 2010, 2011 bowls, number one seed, best record. Derek Rose wins the MVP. Yeah. How ecstatic do you have to be right
1: now? <laughs> I have as much love for that team as I do for the Jordan era team. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that lightly like that, that 2010, 2011 season and that team, um, it's the most fun, it was like, it's the only thing that's ever come close to how much I enjoyed watching uh, You also have
0: like Joe Kim Noah, who was like-
1: You've got well, Noah, you've got, Doug, you've got all these guys like Ronnie Brewer um, and, you know, all User. these players who were just perfect in that in that system. And it was, you know, Thibodeau it, notoriously is a very strict sort of guy, but everybody bought in. And it I think it started with Rose and kind of trickled down where, um, that was a really, really special team. And I remember that first, that the when they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, they win game one against the Heat. They, they beat... Yeah.
0: That was, I'll break it down real quick. They had four games to one against the Pacers. Yeah. Semifinals against the Hawks. They win four games to two. And then, then the Heat um, series.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, they lost. They ended up losing in in, in five to the Heat. But I mean that first game, they, they beat the heat. And this is the, that first year of the big three. So it's LeBron and and Wade and Bosch. And they beat the crap out of them in game one. They won by 20 points. And it it really, after that, I was like, this is really going to happen. Like, I think the Bulls might win the title this year. And um, yeah, I, I, some of my favorite moments as a basketball fan are from that season.
0: Yeah, that was, that was an excellent team. So like, then after that, it was just like, just the injuries to Rose just kept piling up, man. And it, I, I always look back and like, like your kids and my kids, if they start watching NBA or looking up like digestives of MVPs and stuff, and you're going to see like MVPs like Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Garnett. Barkley and then you're gonna see 2011 Derrick Rose and people are gonna like who the hell is Derrick Rose my like kids <laughs> like you're like daddy who's Derrick Rose
1: <laughs> you know I don't know if you're watching him at all this season he's balling right now
0: oh yeah no he has yeah yeah there's spurts of life I mean he's not gonna be the same MVP type so I mean he's no. still playing thank God yeah
1: I remember I mean I remember watching the game where he got hurt in Philly uh or against Philly rather and um it it was one of those times where I was like, I knew, I I just knew something was wrong. And when they announced that he had torn his ACL that first time, I remember deluding myself into thinking like, oh, well, they still have a great team and they can, you know, they can still do it. And um, they just, they completely fell apart. And uh, when it kept happening again and again, I remember the next year he tears his meniscus in in Portland. I, I remember watching that game at the time too. And it just felt like, I felt very heartbroken because I, I really loved that team and it just started yeah. clear to me that they weren't going to get their shot.
0: Yeah. The team so, wasn't the same. They still make playoffs.
1: Right. But I think as basketball fans, we all looked forward to like that being a, a series that we were going to revisit it was that bulls heat series. Yeah. And, uh, obviously. I mean, the bulls ended up after Rose ultimately came back. They, they had a, a pretty solid series against the Cavs. That was a few years later where, where Rose hits like a game winner, but um it was just never the same after that.
0: Yeah, never the same. I remember how Rose ends up trading to the Knicks. I remember when we got him, I was like, "All right, if he becomes the same." It's funny because that year when we got Rose, it was like getting the whole Bulls team. Because I remember at one point in the offseason, Bulls were looking to sign Mello. Mm-hmm. You remember when he was um, when his contract was up, and yeah. um, he decided to stay in New York, but Rose and Noah go over to. the Knicks and I'm like I'm kind of excited but Noah was wasn't the same Rose had some product he did a chill productivity but it just wasn't consistent enough and that was the last year of his contract and you decided to let him walk which I mean is risk-free for us because it's like all right let's see how this year works if it doesn't work out yeah just let him walk yeah
1: it's too bad especially with Noah because I think if if the Knicks had been able to get the version of Noah that he was in Chicago he would have P- yeah,
0: you put up MVP like numbers, right?
1: Yeah, and I think the type of player he was, Knicks fans would have absolutely loved him. Um, yeah,
0: gritty guy from yeah. New York too. So it was it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So yeah, those injury, please. Wait, wait. See, I just break down the um, after the 2011 season when they had the best record. Opening round 2012, they lost four to two to the Sixers. Moving on to 2013, um, beat the Nets um, in seven.
1: I was at Game Two of that game or that series. Oh, okay, in, in Brooklyn, right? Yep. And at that time, like you could get—I got a playoff ticket for like fifty bucks. It wasn't
0: even like hard to go. Well, because to- the Nets are not like, yeah, or the, the, the Nets are just—they don't really put a dent in New York sports, you know, anytime what because they do once KD and and Irving are playing. We'll uh, see. We'll see. But like, it's you know, it's it's really mixed country, and it's and like Nets really don't have like a fan. I mean, I know some fans, but it's like it's not a fan traditional fan base because they they always played in New Jersey. You've been to the Meadowlands. It's a pain in the ass to get to. And then, you know, they moved to Newark and then moved to Brooklyn. They still like yeah, They're still trying to find a way. It's possible. Yeah. But But that
1: that series, though, was incredible. That's a series where Nate Robinson absolutely loses his mind in games. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And then (laughs) – They win in game seven and it was 100% because Joe Kim Noah just refused to let them lose that, that is the best career. If you look at his numbers from that game, if you look up highlights from game seven in New Jersey or uh, in Brooklyn, Noah just completely carried that team.
0: Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, Noah was good at that time. So they lose to the heat rightfully so in five, Uh, 2014, they lose the opening rounds at the Wizards. And then um, twenty fifteen, they um, beat the Bucks in in, um, in six games, mm-hmm. and then lose to the Cavs in um, in in six games. So,
1: but they were up like, two, they were up two one in that series.
0: Yeah, and
1: that was- Rose Banks in a game winner in game three, and the Bulls actually had a chance to go up three one. LeBron ended up hitting a game winner in that game, and then they they lost the next two, but that that felt like the last gasp of of um, you know air for that team.
0: Then Thibodeau gets fired that year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He gets fired and Fred Hoiberg comes in. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they missed the playoffs. So it's back to back to rebuilding again. So, Basically uh,
1: that. I mean, it's very similar. Like obviously the the Derrick Rose Bulls didn't have the kind of success that the Jordan Bulls did, but in terms of, of course, how, yeah. how these recent years have felt, it feels very much once again, like the dark ages of the late 90s, early 2000s, where it's like this team is is very, very hard to watch. And as loyal of a fan as I am, I'm not going to lie to you. Like they're, I do not follow them as closely anymore because they're yeah. a horribly, horribly run team. There's very little to root for. Um, they just don't even play well. Like it's one of those things where as a Cubs fan, I, I enjoyed watching the the Cubs even when they were struggling because I could see that they were building towards something. With yeah. this Bulls team, um they just seem completely listless. And now they've yeah. they finally gotten rid of their GM. They now have a new GM that they just hired recently. I actually went to a Bulls Nets game the second to last game of the season this year without oh, no- before the pandemic broke out. Yeah, I went it was uh, Sunday, March eighth. I, I saw the Bulls play the Nets in at Barclays. Oh nice. So uh, I didn't I forgot yeah, Zach Levine and and beyond that, it's it's kind of. Uh,
0: yeah, I forgot to mention Jimmy Butler, too. That ended up
1: being um, Jimmy G Buckets, man. G stands
0: yeah. For <laughs> yeah. he Yeah. He having a great career over in um, Chicago, too.
1: He yeah, he did. And he he was not highly touted. And for as many bad draft picks as the as the Bulls had, the Bulls drafted. Butler in the late first round and Taj Gibson in the late first round. Yeah, Taj.
0: Yeah, he's a Nick now. Yeah, he yeah, it had a good career in um, Chicago. And he's too. on the
1: Knicks too, right? Yeah, he's on the Knicks now too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the, the Knicks just love getting old. Balls. Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis too. Yep. Bobby Portis sports <laughs> the Bulls earlier this year. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching that game. You called it, yeah, the Bobby Portis game. Yeah, that was a big deal. And um, yeah, Bobby Portis is a yeah. He's a he's a psycho out there. You see his you Ever see the game where his eyes? He's, dead, and he's like. Yeah, Wow, dude. Um, also, do you remember the time when Wade came there for a little bit? Yeah, that was such a I know, weird is it? year. It was, it was a- kind of like, oh, yeah, sign him. He's from Chicago. Maybe he'll uh, PR wise. It'll be good.
1: Well, what <laughs> good was story. weird is that like that and that's what I'm talking about in terms of having no direction. The Bulls say like, hey, we're going to rebuild. And then they go out and they sign Wade and, and Rajon Rondo.
0: Yeah, and
1: it I just remember. Yeah. Sense. And, and if you recall, they actually... They made the playoffs as like a 500 team. They beat the Celtics in the first two games of a series
0: and then lost the next four. But it was such a weird series. Yeah, that that was, yeah, that was it was kind of done after that. So um, yeah, now you have um. I like, yeah, now you got um. I know Lori marketing is um was a good one. I, I saw a promise in him. in one game, he storched, he scorched the Knicks in one game. I don't know if you remember that. think um a year or two ago but like yeah i you see the potential in him but um his injuries
1: i mean at the time that they traded butler i wasn't that happy about it but as it turns out they that but the butler trade got them zach levine chris dunn and the pick that turned into lowry marketing so that's a pretty good haul yeah
0: Now and then, for a minute, I know um, what's the name was there too, um, Jabari Parker, but Jabari Parker was already damaged goods too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was kind of it would have been a good story because he's a Chicago guy, but yeah,
0: ran out. Yeah, so um, yeah, now it's like um, yeah, Zach Levine's working out. It's not bad. So yeah, to the present now, I mean, like you said, you're not as interested as much, but you have all now with the pandemic. I mean, yeah, this sucks. We can't we can't perform anymore. We can't. Do much of anything, but this Bulls um documentary. When you first heard about it, you know, like all right, talked about like mm-hmm. like when it first when you first hear about this coming out.
1: <laughs> I I remember hearing about it towards the end of last year. I think it was like maybe December of last year that they dropped the uh, kind of preview, and it was like a date that I had circled on my calendar. Was like June, whatever it was. Um, I had been looking forward to it all year, and then when all of this began, and they they talked about, um, you know, it's like it's like porn for me, like seriously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it's porn for everybody with no sports. It's like it dropped the right time.
1: Exactly, and um, it, the timing of it is cool. I I appreciate that ESPN bumped it bumped it up. That they're they're giving it to us now. And uh, it's also kind of cool to to be here with my parents, watching it with them, because so much of my fandom as a kid was was with them, and I never would have been here to to watch this otherwise. So, um, yeah, man, it is uh, like a like a white girl drinking a mimosa at brunch. It is it is, <laughs> it is giving me life right now.
0: It's great, and we got it span for the next three weeks. We got it. We got it. Great. Yeah.
1: I, I'm damn, I, damn I, the I, pandemic, yeah. We,
0: I could stay in for another three weeks to, to get me through the week, so I'm happy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Adam, man I thank you so much for coming on. Um, Priya, anything you want to plug before we leave? Uh, just my my Instagram.
1: Uh, I've been putting a lot of like stand up clips out, uh, sketches here and there. So people want to follow me on my Instagram. It's just my name's Adam Mama Walla. Uh, I'm sure you'll post it when you. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely! Yeah, very funny guy. By the way, if you ever catch him, um, any club around the country, funny guy, you'll be, you'll be, any you won't be sorry. Country, any club around the country or
1: Zoom, or Zoom. Yeah, now it's
0: Zoom. Yeah, catch him on Zoom. <laughs> All right, that was Adam Mama Walla. Um, thank you again for joining us uh, for episode four of Rooting for Laundry. Um, I'm going to have a new one next week. Follow us at Root for Laundry on Instagram and Twitter. Um, follow me at Here's Johnny Mac. Um, Johnny McDonald. Thank you for watching again. Enjoy the Bulls documentary and stay safe.